Unless otherwise indicated, Ratchet Book Club is intended for a mature audience. Viewer discretion is greatly advised. Welcome to Ratchet Book Club, where we read hood classics and good classics. I'm Derek. 916-633-1537. Ratchet and Ratchet at gmail.com. Ratchet Book Club on Twitter. Ratchet Book Club on Facebook. Almost time. Tracy shot up in height during the football season to tower over most of the boys. She lost her baby face look, and she began to wear her hair shoulder length and curled. Although she was just 13, her size made her appear 17 or 18. Really? Tracy had developed into a vivaciously curved young lady with a new hobby, observing herself inside of her mirror. Rahima grew a bit herself, but neither she nor her older sister Mercedes had grown anywhere near as tall or well-defined as Tracy had. Tracy outgrew most of the girls her age, beginning to look more like a high schooler than an eighth grader. She was beginning to attract the attention of much older guys as well. High schoolers had always gathered after school to entice younger girls who were willing to step up in competition. Really? And at least physically, Tracy had crossed over into the bigger, faster league of the dating game. Now, I know when this was written, yeah, this is all like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But these are the same dudes who are like, man, yo, yo daughter, whoo, I thought she was 18 already. And those are the folks you need to punch immediately. On a Friday afternoon in the frost of winter, Tracy headed home from school, sensing plenty of the lustful teenage eyes glued to her backside. Expecting them to approach her, Tracy was more than willing to test her tempting skills of persuasion with the older guys. By the time she reached the corner, one high school boy decided to try his luck. Hey, sexy, come here for a minute, he said, smiling with assurance. He knew it was older than Tracy, and young girls were easy to talk to. That's the other thing. They date young girls. I don't know. I don't know. I just I just figured they'd do it because in their mind, they think, okay, they're younger than me, so I should be able to drop a little bit of game on them and they fall under my spell or something like that. But it, it's, it's not because of your – there's nothing beneficial about your age to an older person except the opportunity to groom you and ultimately probably disuse you, like, like you treat you poorly. <sighs> Tracy cracked a grin and walked over to him, swaying her newly developed hips as she powdered her medium full lips and licked them wet as she stood. The boy anxiously thought about what to say to her. What's the coolest line, he mused. Yeah, um, what's your name, he asked, warming up his game. It's Tracy, she answered him, huskily and slow. Why? Because you look good and I want to get to know you. Tracy used her stabbing hazels to dazzle him. You looking for a girlfriend or just somebody to mess with? She quizzed him. The older boy was stunned. What? 
Oh, I mean, I don't know, he said, stumbling. What's your name? Tracy asked him. Jeff? Where your girlfriend at, Jeff? I know you got one, don't you? Jeff backed off, trying desperately to get himself together. I ain't got no girlfriend, he mumbled. His self-assurance was gone in the wind. Tracy had turned out to be more than what he had expected. Why not? You look cute to me, she told him, while moving in closer to him. Tracy always knew when she had a boy on his heels. Jeff laughed nervously. Come on now, he responded, losing eye contact with her. She was invading his comfort zone. Tracy knew she would reject him. Jeff was not cool enough to gain her consideration. She just wanted to practice her game, and she was doing extremely well. Jeff asked, where's your boyfriend? Tracy fixed the new gold ring that she wore on her right hand. I don't have one. Oh yeah? Jeff responded meaninglessly. He was hesitant to continue. The young girl was more than he had bargained for. Tracy locked in on his eyes with hers. She knew the effect that this would have. Only the most confident boys could survive her intense stare. Are you finished? She asked him seductively, loving every minute of it. Yeah, but um, I'll see you around, all right? He stammered. The high schooler backed completely away, embarrassed with himself. Tracy turned to walk home, beaming from ear to ear. Yo, you didn't answer me, he pouted. His friends were approaching. Tracy turned with a smile and said, bye, breathlessly. She figured that Jeff had to show off for his friends. All the guys did it. When Tracy arrived at home, her neighbor Rahima was at the door. Tracy was tempted to gossip with her like she had done with Mercedes, yet she quickly realized their interests in life were different. All Rahima talked about were what the teachers did at school. She was not interested in any of Tracy's boy stories. Nevertheless, they decided to chat. Tracy went to Rahima's house, getting out of the cold. Rahima said, all you talk about is boys, and I remember when you didn't even like them. Well, all I know is that Todd was cute, and you should have talked to him. Don't play dumb with me, Tracy. I heard about you kissing him in the driveway. Tracy twisted her lips. You didn't want him. She had moved on from Amir and on to his friend Todd. Rahima huffed. I know I didn't. I don't want any boys, thank you. Oh, you think you're so smart, don't you? No, but I'm not getting used by any boy, that's for sure. How you know? Because I won't talk to him, Rahima answered frankly. That's why I'm going into dance class, to do something that doesn't involve boys. What dance class, Tracy asked, feeling left out. Football season and cheerleading were over. None of your business, Rahima snapped. She had outdone Tracy again. Tracy went home and waited impatiently for her mother to arrive with her brother. She wanted the 4-on-1 on Rahima's dance class, and she had a foolproof plan on how to get it. Hey, Mom, I think it'll be good for me to be in a dance class. You know how bored I get after doing my homework. Yeah, okay then, Patty responded while taking off her son's coat and hat. Where is it at and all? Tracy grinned. I don't know all that, but Ra Ra's in it, so Miss Beth probably knows. Patty called Beth about the dance class. It was held near Patty's sister Tanya's house in Logan. Patty called Tanya to see if she wanted Patrice, or Reese as they called her, to take dance lessons too. Tracy didn't expect that, but Reese wasn't that bad when she wasn't around her other cousins, Trish and Marie. Reese took sides with them rather than Tracy because she was afraid of them. On the first day of dance, their instructor went over the calendar schedule for the four-month dance session. During their first exercises, Tracy snickered at her cousin Reese's form, while Rahima did the same to her. For all three of them, it was more hard work than expected. Tracy found out rather quickly that dance was definitely more complicated than cheerleading. A flock of rough boys played basketball inside of the recreation center where the girls held their dance lessons. The boys watched the girls with excitement. 
Every year, the boys anticipated the pretty new girls to dance class attracted to their rec center. It became a ritual, and it was only a matter of time before they would start to mingle with the girls. On Tracy's third night of class, a boy finally approached her. Hey girl, you cute as shit, he told her. Why don't you come over here and talk to me when you finish, he said. Thank you, Tracy responded to him. She began to smile in his direction before she took a good look at him. Once she got a better look at him, Tracy thought he was ugly. That's okay, my mom's coming to get me, she told him. The four boy persisted. So what, she ain't here yet? Tracy lied and said, well, I have a boyfriend. The boy then got an attitude and grimaced at her. Dude ain't here yet either, he said, walking closer to her. Tracy scrambled to her feet from her stretching position. Nah, that's alright, she said. The boy then moved as if he was about to grab her. Tracy quickly dashed towards the dance instructor. Miss Hamilton, that boy's after me, she squealed. Leave her alone, Ricky, Miss Hamilton screamed at the boy. The boy smiled. Oh, I was just playing with her, Miss Hamilton, that's all. Tracy was excited about the close call when her mother arrived. She told Patty what happened, and her mother laughed good and hard. Rahima rode home with them after Patty dropped her niece, Reese, off. Hey, Dad, what's up? Tracy perked when she had arrived home with her mother. Dave sat watching television with his son. He looked at Tracy as if he was in shock. Damn, who are you? He responded jokingly. How often do you come around, Dave? Like, honestly, how often? They smiled at each other and shared a laugh. She just blossomed like that overnight, Patty told him with a grin. It was Dave's first time seeing his daughter in a leotard. Dave said, come here and turn around. Tracy felt embarrassed as she turned around in her baby blue tights. Girl, you got a big butt back there, Dave said with a laugh. What the whole entire fuck? Ugh, my, ugh. Tracy gushed. Yep, Dad, I grew, didn't I? You damn sure did. Your mama's going to put a curfew on you now. Patty said nothing. Tracy smirked as she sat down beside him. Yep, Dad, this ugly boy tried to talk to me today, she told him. Did you give him your phone number? Tracy looked disgusted. No, that boy looked like a monster. Dave grinned. Those are the best ones. They'll do anything for you. Patty had had enough. She marched to her usual spot in the kitchen. She was no longer crazy about seeing Dave as long as he insisted on playing Presto Man, popping in and out of their lives. Nah, Dad, you can have that. My man has to look good, Tracy was telling him. Patty came back out from the kitchen wearing her apron. How's your dance class other than the boy? Tracy shrugged. I mean, it was okay. It was a lot of work, though. Little Jason jumped up on Tracy's lap to get some attention. Get off me, boy, he huffed, pushing him away. Stop, Tracy. He's just being friendly, Patty reasoned. I'm tired of him jumping all over me, Mom. Dave grimaced. Oh, you're that mature now, huh? He asked. I remember when you was running around here with a snotty nose and doo-doo stains in your drawers. Tracy threw her hands over her ears in embarrassment. Dave and Patty laughed as she tried to block them out. Patty asked, how you getting along with Reese? Tracy smiled, still feeling stunned. She's all right. She doesn't say much to me. She's your cousin, Tracy. Patty fumed at her. Yeah, but they start stuff all the time. Well, how's Rahima doing, Dave asked. She's all right, too. We just have differences in opinion. What about Mercedes? What's she been into? She's been all over the place by now, Patty answered him. She had recently talked to Beth about it. Mercedes is out there in them streets, chasing after the money. Tracy added, yep. She got some real nice clothes, too. Didn't you need some new jeans? Dave asked Tracy as he pulled out his wallet. Yeah, I'm starting to outgrow everything now, Tracy answered him. 
She watched her father pull off 520s. Dave handed it out to her. This all I got right now. Tracy took the money with a nod and cracked a grin. Thanks, Dad. Me and Mom can go shopping this weekend. Again, Patty decided to hold her tongue to keep the peace. A couple of pairs of jeans does not excuse you from acting like an asshole, she thought to herself. Say something. Say something, my nigga. Like, say something. You got mouth. You have a mouth. Use it. Like, say something. Like, you sitting here going into the other room so you could talk bad about him in your head. That doesn't amount to anything but waste of time and stress. Say something. Saturday came quickly, and Tracy went out shopping at the mall with her mother. Tracy tried on clothes in every store they entered. She just had to have brand name fashions. Patty urged her to buy bargains, but bargains ruined teenage reputations. Tracy wanted to dress stylishly. She bought Coca-Cola, Guess, and Gloria Vanderbilt jeans along with an Adidas sweatsuit and three pairs of shoes. She then went with their mother to a jewelry store for a gold bracelet. Day's $100 was spent after the first two pair of jeans. Patty ended up paying for her daughter's other things. And since Tracy wanted to keep up with the trends, she worked it out with her father to receive $70 for shopping every other week. Soon, her clothes were filled with gear. Tracy began to outdress everyone at school, and every boy wanted her phone number. When Christmas time came, she had clothing under the tree. Tracy couldn't get enough. She spent hours matching and ironing clothing for each school day. She would then change her outfit several times each morning until she was satisfied with what she planned on wearing. Tracy became a hot topic with the boys in her neighborhood. With the increase in her already large ego, she decided that no one was good enough for her. She had far surpassed Mercedes' popularity at 13, and Tracy hadn't given up any. She was a proud virgin. Hey, what's up, Tracy? Who's your boyfriend? An 8th grader asked inside the school hallway. Tracy closed her locker. Don't worry about it, she told him. Dag, I'm just asking. Well, don't, and get away from my locker. As the bell rang, the 8th grader asked, Can I talk to you? Excuse me, I'm late for class, Tracy said, walking by. Well, I'll walk you there. I don't need you to walk me to class, boy. I got legs. The boy smiled admiringly as Tracy stepped away from him. She walked through the hall with her head high, strutting around as if she was a teenage queen and was late for her class. Tracy, you have two more times walking to my class late, and then you'll have a detention, the teacher warned her. Miss Patterson was a white woman in her early 30s, shorter than Tracy and with jet black hair and glasses. Tracy smiled nonchalantly. She was unfazed by the teacher's warning. Miss Patterson asked, Tracy Ellison, what did I just say? Huh? I don't know. There was a pause. Tracy was becoming a distraction to the class. I'm sick and tired of you daydreaming in my class, Miss Patterson yelled at her. Tracy rolled her eyes. Well, don't ask me no questions then. Do you think you're too good to answer questions, Tracy? Tracy sighed and ignored her. That's it. Go to the principal's office because I'm sick of you. That teacher is overdramatic as fuck. That, I'm just saying. There, I remember I had a teacher who sent me to the principal's office because I told her that she got an answer wrong. It wasn't anything rude. It was an English class. Uh, she wrote something up on the board. We had just finished doing the quiz. She wrote something up on the board, and it was incorrect. And I was like, it's actually this. And she was like, no, it's not. And I was like, yes, it is. And she was like, no, it isn't. And I was like, I'm certain that it is. I probably wasn't this... Uh, calm about it back then or this uh civilized about it back then rather and she was like okay you can go to the office and i was like for what and she was like you know what you did and i went to the office and the principal was like what'd you do and i was like i don't know and so he called her over the intercom or over the uh school telephone line 
and asked her what I did, and she didn't have an answer either, so I went back to class. Then, you know what you did? No, I didn't. No, no, I don't. I really don't. And you don't either. You're just doing this. Some teachers are there to be bullies. I was paying attention, Tracy snapped. Well, turn around, sit up, and listen. A boy snickered at Tracy from the back of the class. What you laughing at, boy? Tracy said to him. Aw, oh, shut up, girl. You think you it now because you got your Christmas presents on. The students roared with laughter. I get this for Christmas, Tracy ranted. Yes, you did. You even got Christmas glitter on your jeans. Get out, both of you, now, Miss Patterson hollered. Aw, oh, Miss Patterson, I didn't even do nothing, the boy whined, throwing his hand in the air as he pleaded. Tracy frowned. Yes, he did. They left for the principal's office with a note for detentions. The boy's long arm swung loosely from his tall, walnut-colored frame as he strolled in front of Tracy. See, boy, you got me in trouble, Tracy said to him. Yeah, I know, but Santa Claus was good to you this year, wasn't he? The boy joked. Shut up, Tracy snapped with a smile. Long arms is a regular comedian. They sat inside of the main office lobby with five other students, all waiting to be seen by the principal. There were two girls and three boys. Tracy was the most glamorous thing in the room. She wore black leather boots with a long gray skirt and a matching gray sweater. She wore lip gloss and two gold chains that were neatly draped over her sweater and a black leather purse dangling from her shoulder. She felt embarrassed after sitting inside of the lobby with six lowlifes. Tracy sucked her teeth. I'm tired of waiting in here. Shut up, girl. You think I like being out here? The long-armed boy snapped at her, demanding respect and attention. He smiled at her once Tracy had piped down. Psych, I'm just joking with you. Tracy lied. I know you was. Longarms grinned at her. But for real though, you look cute. I don't want you to think that I don't know it. Thank you. Yep. I feel like taking you into the bathroom and just giving it to you, he said with a smile. Tracy couldn't believe what he said, and he kept a straight face when he said it. I mean, you think I'm joking, but I'm serious, he added. Tracy smirked with nervous energy. She was scared to say anything. Longhorn seemed to turn everything into an embarrassing joke. You know we gonna be here all day after school, he commented. For real? Tracy asked, unaware. She had never had a detention before. Yep, so you may as well come over to my house and have dinner. Tracy smiled. You a trip. So, Tracy, who's your boyfriend? He asked her. Because I'm ready to give dude a handshake. I don't have one. For real? Yep. Longhorn's cracked a broad smile. He might as well give me your number then, he said, taking out a pen and notebook to write it down. The other students eyed Tracy to see if she would oblige. Tracy didn't think the boy was good looking, but he was funny. She couldn't refuse him. The boy was simply amusing, and his offbeat comments kept her on her toes. He smiled at her, half expecting that she would give it to him. So what is it then? Tracy ran off her number to him. 842-5437. He sloppily jotted it down. I bet. When can I call you up? I got dance class tonight, so I won't be home until 9. Aw, oh, you and that stupid shit? He snapped for another laugh. Tracy giggled at it herself. It ain't stupid, she argued. Yes, that shit is. Y'all be in there doing all that jumping around and stuff for like a year to do one show. Tracy began to laugh with the other students. Long arms is the life of the party. So what? She told him. It builds your body, though. Yeah, because I'm going to tear your body up. The boy's rash humor was intriguing to Tracy. He was even taller than her for a change. You know my name, right? He quizzed her. Um, it's Travis, ain't it? She said, acting as if she wasn't sure about it. Yeah, that's it, Travis said. He chuckled, knowing that she knew. 
The principal roared, you two, get inside my office. Tracy didn't have a love at first sight feeling about Travis, but there were definitely sparks between them. He had plain looks, but a lot of character. Travis was unafraid to speak his mind, and Tracy couldn't wait to talk to him after her dance class. One, two, three, four, and one, two, three, four, Miss Hamilton chanted, coordinating the class. Rahima, what's wrong with you today? You're not in the rhythm at all, honey. I'm not feeling too well, Rahima whimpered. Come here. Miss Hamilton pulled Rahima over to the side of the room. Lord, I hope and pray this girl ain't pregnant or something, she thought to herself. She has her whole life ahead of her. Miss Hamilton had come in contact with all kinds of problem children over the years. What's wrong, she asked Rahima privately. I got a D on one of my tests. I'm scared that I'm going to get in trouble, Rahima answered with tears in her eyes. Miss Hamilton was relieved. Baby, you're not going to get in trouble for one D, she contested. Don't you have straight A's on your report card? Tears rolled down Rahima's cheeks. Yeah, but that doesn't mean anything. What do you think is going to happen to you? Rahima wiped her eyes. My father's going to say that I can't dance anymore. Honey, he's not going to do that. The show's coming up soon. Yes, he is. I know it. Well, what if I talk to your parents? You can only talk to my mother. My father won't listen to you. Okay, then. I'll give your mother a call tonight. Miss Hamilton spoke to Beth about her daughter's situation. Beth told her that her husband was not upset, but that Rahim will have to study more on the weekends to compensate for time lost to her dance lessons. Hey, Mom, did I get any phone calls earlier? Tracy asked just to make sure. It was after 9 o'clock. Travis was supposed to have called her by then. Maybe he forgot about my dance class and called me earlier, she thought. No. Were you expecting one? Yeah, Tracy said, disappointed. Bring. That's the sound the phones used to make back in the day. Hold on, let me make it like y'all's is. Twerk, 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 twerk. Shake a nigga, shake it, 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 shake a nigga. Hey, this is the freaky deaky. I'm not here right now. But you know what to do. I'm sorry. At this time, the Freaky Deaky's voicemail box is full. Goodbye. There, y'all feel more at home? That's for me, Mom. I'll get it, Tracy said while scrambling for the phone. Hello, this is Tracy, she answered. Patty sneered at her. Now you know better than to answer the phone like that, she huffed. Yo, what's up? Travis responded. Nothing. I thought you were going to call me at 9 o'clock. I would have, but my mom was on the phone. Patty decided to head up the stairs to put Jason to bed. He had fallen asleep during the car ride from Tracy's dance class. Tracy immediately got more comfortable, plopping her feet up on the coffee table. Well, I got home late from dance class anyway, she said to Travis. So why you ask me if I called then, he snapped. Tracy smiled. Because you said you would. They talked all night and about everything. Travis made Tracy laugh for hours. When it reached midnight, though, Patty decided that enough was enough and abruptly ended their conversation. Tracy, get off this damn phone. See, that's the other thing. That's the difference between my generation and the generation with phones is that our cell phones is that at any given moment with phones, like I'm like 98. I remember when you had to crank the, 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 the audio player to play the record. It was called a phonograph. Um... But yeah, at any given moment, my mama could hop up on the phone and be like, if you don't get your ass off this phone, and my brother would hop up on the phone and be like, tell her about how your balls smell when you get done playing basketball. And yeah, just all kind of just out of pocket shit. It was all bad. Okay, mom, we're almost finished. I mean, now, girl.
All right, Tracy snapped. I'll see you tomorrow, she said to Travis glumly. She could have at least came and told me instead of jumping all on the phone like that, she fumed to herself. That was embarrassing. All right, then, Travis told her as they hung up. Travis began to laugh once they hung up the phone. Is this a school night? I doubt it. I doubt it. I mean, her parents are pretty fucking horrible, but they're not that bad, right? Right? That next school day, yep, they're that bad, Tracy wore her Coca-Cola jeans, white sneakers, and blue Adidas sweatsuit jacket over a white tennis shirt. Hey, what's up, Tracy? A clean-cut boy asked her inside of the hallway. Hi, Martin, she responded. Oh, you're talking to me today, huh? Yeah, but don't get excited about it. Jantel came to talk to her. Tracy, you hear about them girls wanting to beat you up? She whispered. What girls? Tracy asked quizzically. I heard that it was Jackie and Sharon. Martin butted in. They're not going to do nothing to you. If they do, I'm jumping in it. You don't even... You're not... Why, Martin? Like, I under... No, I don't. Like, what? You don't... So... I know that... To say that if somebody tries to beat up a girl, if a girl tries to beat up a girl, you're going to jump in and beat up the girl who's trying to beat up the girl is a horrible look. Like, that's the worst possible look possible in all possibilities. Also, and Iza, uh, Iza, can I save her? I want to be safe. She ain't even going out with you, homie. She ain't talked to you. She said hi to you once and now you're like, I'm going to beat up these girls for you. Because, you know, later on, uh, 10, 20 years from now, I'm going to become an incel and start talking about how these Chads and Barbies are blocking my way of getting some ass. Did y'all hear about how the leader of the incels got some pussy? I know, this is like uh, evergreen show, but this is evergreen shit. So, incels, for the all in 2056, were people who were involuntarily celibate. That's what they said they were. It, they really aren't. They're really not. Involuntary celibate people are people, there was a woman who made who came up with that name for people who actually were. Like, because of health issues and things of that nature. They just took it because they felt like, oh, these girls don't want to fuck with us. So, they started their whole group. It became completely misogynistic, of course. Completely homophobic, probably. Completely racist, I'm guessing. Um, but, incels, yeah. So, they, their whole thing, they had a guy named Elliot Rogers. Elliot, who uh, was a fucking herb and wrote a manifesto about how he hated women, and then he went out and killed people, and these fucking nitwits decided to take that as code and copy and try and apply that to their lives. But they all live in basements and shit, and they're just mad because they can't get no ass. So the leader of it, the one that they called the LeBron James of incels, because he had been an incel all his life. So I don't understand how he's a LeBron James of incels when all y'all been virgins your entire fucking life. All y'all motherfuckers are in the same fucking pussyless boat. Y'all are in SS no clit. <laughs> That's the boat y'all are riding around in. Y'all are paddling around in the pussyless river. All of y'all, side by side. I don't understand how he became the LeBron James. Is Michael Jordan there too? Is Michael Jordan in the uh, SS no ass? <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways... Oh, shit. So, anyways, this motherfucker, the LeBron James and not getting any pussy, get some pussy. 
So then he has to go onto the Intel sites and tell them that he has resigned as their leader because he slipped, tripped, and fell into some pussy. And the people, instead of actually being happy with him for getting some ass, are fucking furious. Somebody was like, oh, you, you're just leaving us because somebody gave up their smelly hole? Their smelly hole? Like, are you fucking kidding me? They're smelly hole, people. I'm, I want, I'm going to be quiet like, like Doherty Explorer. You know how I do. And I want y'all to say that out loud. Whether you're in the car or at work, if you're at work, don't do it. Well, you, yeah, do it because they're not going to know what the fuck you're talking about. You're going to be talking about sewage. But say that phrase out loud. A smelly hole. Now they're talking about pussy, people. Like, it's horrible. So they literally start a civil war in the incel group. And this dude is like, y'all are fighting amongst yourselves because I'm not an incel anymore. I got some. I got a girlfriend. And they were like, does your girlfriend know that you were the head of the incels? And he was like, yeah, she reads my tweets. And then he jumped off the SS no clit and paddled to the shore. <laughs> oh, shit. What they want to fight me for, Tracy asked Jantel. I don't know, Jantel answered. Well, who told you this, Jantel? Martin quizzed. Martin, why the fuck are you in this conversation? Why? Why? Just move, dude. I heard Crystal tell some girl in the bathroom. Well, what's she got to do with anything, Tracy asked. Jantel hunched her shoulders. I don't know that either. Tracy grabbed her things. Come on. They marched down the hall after Tracy. Crystal was shutting her locker as they arrived. Hey, Crystal, Jackie and Sharon said they was going to jump me? Tracy asked her. Crystal backed away as if she was in on it. I didn't say that, she responded frantically. Jantel says she heard you say it in the bathroom. Crystal took a quick look at Jantel, who was embarrassed that Tracy put her name in it. Well, I didn't say that, and she needs to mind her own business. I'd be embarrassed, too, if I was Jantel. Like, seriously, you got to know, though. I mean, kids probably don't know, but adults... Hear me out, and kids who are listening to this, like, seriously, what the fuck's wrong with you? I was just talking about the SS no ass. <laughs> that's still fucking funny. That is up there with Beripity. I'm sorry, that's fucking golden. But, if you tell your friend or family about something that someone else told you, you cannot then be upset that they say, hey, this person told me that. Y'all all do papers. You've all gone through high school and college. You know what every research paper needs? References. You better have references. You better cite your sources. She did not say, don't quote me on this. Don't put this in the paper. So guess what? Boom. You in it now. Mm. Yes, you did. I heard you talking about it in the bathroom, Gentile spoke up. Won't you get the facts straight if you're going to start spreading gossip on somebody? Crystal snapped at her. They squared off with each other. Jantel stood about three inches taller, but Crystal was ten pounds heavier. Tracy jumped in. Look, I'm going to let you know right now, Crystal. They better not jump me, because I'm going to get all you if you do. And I got your back, Martin interjected. Crystal stared at him. That boy better go ahead somewhere. My boyfriend will kick his ass, she thought to herself. And is that what you really want, Martin? Do you really want to get your ass whooped? Do you? Over a girl who don't even talk to you? Why, Martin? Like, all that's going to do is turn into one of those want to get away type moments that happen on uh, fucking Southwest commercials. Sounds like a Snickers ad. Like, why are you jumping in? Just stay the fuck out of this shit, dog.
other students began to watch. They were shocked by Tracy's bravery. Then again, Tracy was tall than Crystal, Jackie, and Sharon. Only Sharon was near Tracy's size. Crystal backed off with a message to tell her friends. When Tracy was late again for the same class, Miss Patterson had a mouthful to say. Tracy, get out of my room. I decided to write a pink slip on you. You've been late to this class several times now, and you never pay any attention while in class. I'm surprised you're even passing. If she's passing, that means she's paying attention. I just want to point that out real quick, because white teachers be the worst when it comes to black girls. Honestly, like seriously, y'all be doing the most. White women, y'all are at the top of the list. But white men, y'all be doing some fuck shit too. And you need to own it and really just accept that. And black boys are right behind them as far as people you fuck with. I remember being amused when a teacher got knocked the fuck out in high school by a kid. But then I found out the kid was being abused by the teacher psychologically every fucking day in class. Getting called stupid and all kinds of shit. What the fuck did you want him to do? No, Miss Patterson. These girls were trying to get me after school so I had to straighten that out because I don't play that. Come here. Miss Patterson responded to her. She walked out of the class and shut the door behind her. Now who's after you? She asked, peering through her thin rimmed glasses. Why the fuck do you care? Nigga, just, just live your life. Leave me the fuck alone. You're a fucking Karen. Jantel told me it was Jackie and Sharon, but I think that Crystal Johnson has something to do with it too. Well, why are they after you? Tell me, give me the tea. They didn't say that in the book, but she was thinking it. Back in, like, 80, she was thinking that shit. Well, why are they after you? I don't know, but I don't appreciate it. You and Travis have detentions today, right? Miss Patterson asked, changing the subject. Yeah, Tracy answered. What's that to do with anything, she mused. I'm about to get jumped after school, and she's sitting up here asking me about some damn detentions. Well, where is he? She asked of Travis. I've been noticing that he's been absent from school a lot. Tracy hunched her shoulders and frowned. Well, I don't know where he is, she said, still annoyed about Miss Patterson giving her the third degree. She had more pressing concerns. Tracy had anticipated seeing Travis in school, and he'd even dressed for him, yet he was not there. To top it off, she had a fight on her hands. Well, look, you go to your detention, and I'll see about these girls, Miss Patterson informed her. Tracy felt relieved. Okay. After her detention, she rushed home to see what happened to Travis. Travis wasn't home when she called. Tracy let the phone ring six times before she hung up. She then sat in the house, bored, with no dance class scheduled. She watched television in the living room before falling asleep on the couch. I got some Chinese food here, Tracy. Her mother walked in announcing, waking Tracy from her unexpected nap. Jason followed close behind as Patty took the food inside the kitchen. You know what's horrible? Uh, there's nothing wrong with a good nap. First of all, great, great, great naps are the best in the world. What's awful is when you have a great, great, great nap at like 3 o'clock in the afternoon. And you have a great nap that lasts for like four hours. So you have a great nap from uh, till like 7 o'clock at night. You wake up. You're looking around. You're thinking it's tomorrow. <laughs> you get up. You get something to eat. And now you're not fucking tired anymore. And just like that, your day is fucked. 
You're going to be up all night. Kids, cover your ears. You shouldn't be listening to this anyway. I already said that. The only way when that happens to me, because I take naps anyway, I'm like, I don't give a fuck. The only way that I can get past that is literally either to have sex with my wife or to go jack off if she's already asleep. Because I got to get tired. That's the best sedative in the world is busting a nut. It just makes you happy and calm. Y'all should jack off before you take tests. Kids, if you're listening to this, why the fuck are you still here? But if you take it, if you do it before you take a test, it'll literally calm you. It soothes the brain stem and the mind frames and gets the juices flowing. I don't fucking know. Tracy climbed to her feet and followed them. She got a plate and tasted the food with the grimace. Did you get this from the same place you usually go to, Mom? She asked. Patty frowned after tasting it herself. No, I know it probably doesn't taste as good. Nope, it tastes overcooked. What happened in school today, Patty asked, ignoring the plate that Tracy pushed away. Oh, these girls are going to try and jump me after school, Mom. Patty raised her brow. For what? I don't know, but I got it straightened out. Patty nodded and suddenly snapped her fingers. She then stood up from her chair and got her pocketbook. I need you to do me a favor. Yeah, this is where you're going to get jumped. <laughs> Opportunity comes back. You're going to be walking down the street and it's going to be that fucking sound from Metal Gear Solid. Just rah! <sighs> I need you to do me a favor. Go down the avenue and get me some cake dressing. It comes in a little tube in the bakery, she said, describing the size of the tube with her hands. Tracy hurried out of the house with the unfinished Chinese food setting on the table. She walked through the whipping cold, wondering where Travis could have been and what he was doing. As usual, the neighborhood boys hung out in the corners of Wayne and Chelton Avenues in their long down coats and colorful ski jackets. Tracy ignored their suggestions. She bought the cake dressing and headed home a different route to avoid them. A crowd of teens was gathered at a small street intersection. A bloody-nosed boy came shuffling through a pack with a bruised and battered face. Tracy tried her best to back away and was helplessly surrounded by the flowing crowd. I bet you it was Martin. She kept her promise. Crystal whooped his... Crystal's boyfriend whooped his ass? Was it Crystal or was it Sharon? Crystal. Crystal whooped his ass. She probably got the last hit too. She was probably like, hold him here. And then she ran back like three houses and ran forward and just punched him in his face as hard as she could. And then out of nowhere, God said, ultra, ultra, ultra. Sorry. I apologize for nothing. What up, girl? Travis said to her out of the crowd. Tracy grabbed onto him for protection. Travis, what's going on? Oh, Victor just beat some dude up. Who is Victor? You never heard of Victor? He's thorough as shit. He just whipped dude's ass. He responded excitedly. You know, if you're talking to a girl that you like, you know, you're interested in her or whatever, y'all ain't dating yet, but you're just talking to her. One thing you probably don't want to do is tell her that another dude is thorough as shit. I mean, I respect the honesty. I respect the game. But, and she and he just beat somebody up badly? No, mm -mm. Victor's a kid. Plays football, lists across, uh, crisscross, you know. I don't know much about him. Um, Hardy's a, a, a nice kid. Yeah. Who does he hang out with? He hangs out with the high-low crew. Mark Bates, Tyrone, Peppy, and all them other hoodlum dudes. He hangs out with Peppy? I hate that boy, Tracy commented. What's he look like? Wah, 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 wah. 
He's a dark-skinned, pretty motherfucker with a lot of fly gear. <laughs> Dude, you gotta see the signs. Travis answered, but it wasn't like I'd be looking. He joked with a grin. Nah, dude is pretty decent, straight up. Tracy could tell that Travis had a lot of respect for him. That only made her more interested. What's his last name? Travis stopped and said, wait a minute now, we're going to stop talking about dude. What's up with me and you? Dude, too late. Tracy laughed it off as they began walking towards her house. Where are we going? Travis asked her. I'm going home, Tracy told him with a smile. Travis had found himself halfway down the block with her. He then shrugged his shoulders and threw up his hands. I might as well walk you home then. Where was you at during school today? She asked, changing the subject. She had looked forward to seeing him. I ain't go to school. So where were you? I called your house twice. Travis grinned. Oh, you really wanted to talk to me, huh? He responded, pleased with her concern. Shut up, Tracy said, grinning back at him. I was in my boy's crib. I'm going over there after school tomorrow, too. What do y'all do over there? Tracy asked as they crossed the street. Nothing really. We just watch television and videotapes and shit. My boy got one of them chill cribs. His mom works like 24-7. She ain't never home. They reached Tracy's house and chatted a bit more before she went in. Tracy promised to go to his friend's house with him after school the next day. Travis promised her that the other girls would be there, and Tracy trusted him. She was curious to see what they all did to entertain themselves. After getting out of school, Tracy followed Travis and three other girls behind his loud friends. She had a funny feeling about following a bunch of mischievous teens to a boy's unsupervised home. Jantella turned on her offer to tag along, and Tracy had become apprehensive about what they all planned to get into. Travis responded sourly at her suggestion. He didn't want Jantella tagging along. All she gonna do was get in the way, he said. Get in the way of what, Tracy thought. I hope Travis don't think he gonna get anything from me. Travis was not attractive enough for Tracy to jeopardize her virginity, but it sure looked like a party of couples. Once they arrived at the boys' house, all the girls watched television while the boys ran around collecting money for something. Tracy was baffled and curious. She felt uncomfortable. The boys weren't even talking to them. The hell are they doing, she panicked. Tracy wanted to leave after the first ten minutes. It was a big mistake. Once their money was gathered, one boy left the house. The others then decided to converse with the girls. A shockingly attractive boy sat in a chair opposite from Tracy. He was tan-skinned with small, dark eyes and dark, curly hair. His thick, dark hair was tapered on the sides and long on top. That's a mullet. That nigga got a mullet. Tracy couldn't take her eyes off him. She looked over his new Nike sneakers and his red and blue fila. Almost said filet. See, back in the day before Chick-fil-A became a thing, there were shoes called fila. F-I-L-A. Exactly. Exactly. You see the struggle. Now I see it and I immediately say filet. Also, fuck Chick-fil-A. Dag, I wish I was here with him instead of with Travis, she thought to herself. Hey, Bob, did he go to get it? The girl wearing a green champion sweatshirt asked him. Bob said, yeah, he'll be back in 20 minutes. What are we waiting for, Tracy asked. Bob laughed. We waiting for some weed. You ever smoked weed before? Uh-uh, I don't do that. Bob smiled at her through dark slit eyes. Why not? It gets you in the mood. It makes you feel nice as hell. Yep, girl, it makes everything in the world seem funny, the green sweatshirt girl responded. Bob said, Dig, remember that time we got on over at Mark Bates' house? 
Green sweatshirt girl nodded her head and smiled. Bob stared back at Tracy. Do you go with Travis? He asked her. No, Tracy said, overjoyed that she didn't. Y'all just friends or do you like each other? Tracy hunched her shoulders and smiled. I don't know. You don't know, Bob asked with a frown of confusion. Travis called from the kitchen in the nick of time. Hey, Tracy, come here. Tracy got up in her long black boots and blue Gloria Vanderbilt jeans. The tight-fitting jeans hugged her firm behind quite snugly. Aren't they like 13? Bob couldn't take his eyes off her either. Damn, he howled, shaking his dark, curly-haired head. They are 13, right? That's the other thing about this book. They talk like they grown, grown. But they're 13, right? Just checking. Hey, Bob, you better cut that shit out, cuz. Travis warmed with a chuckle. So what's up? You gonna get on with this? He asked Tracy inside the kitchen. Tracy made up her mind. Nah, I ain't really down with that. So what we gonna do then? I don't know, she said. She felt unsure with Travis. She was more interested in Bob. Have you ever had sex before? Travis asked her bluntly. Yeah, Tracy lied, embarrassed. Alright then, we gonna go to my boy's room when dude get back with the nickel bag. Tracy wanted to tell him no, but she knew she'd seem young and she'd cause a scene, so she kept quiet. Alright, she said nonchalantly. I ain't doing nothing though, she told herself as she turned and walked back to her seat inside the living room. Tracy sensed Bob's eyes glued to her behind again. All he did was smile at her, and Tracy was immediately tantalized. She wanted to lose her virginity to him, and she didn't even know him. Bob gave her that sexual feeling. 13. The errand boy had finally gotten back with the small yellow bag of marijuana. He brought two more boys with him. Tracy felt really uncomfortable then. They spread the crushed dry leaves right out on the table in front of her and started rolling joints. Tracy was praying they didn't ask her to smoke any, and they didn't. Niggas don't share. Like, the whole idea of, oh, yeah, they're putting drugs into our kids' Halloween candy. No, the fuck they ain't. You know how much drugs cost? You know how much candy costs? You know what they can do with that candy by themselves after they smoke the drugs you said they're putting into your kids' food? The fuck up. The two quiet girls were dragged up the stairs. Bob sat there giggling at Tracy. He didn't seem interested in anything after he'd gotten high. Tracy grinned. Why you laughing? Because you funny. His dark eyes got smaller, making him look even cuter to Tracy. Tracy, come here, Travis yelled. He led her up the steps and into the back room. He then patted his lap for Tracy to have a seat on it. She sat on his lap hesitantly, feeling nervous about it. Travis began to rub his hands over her breasts. Tracy began to breathe slower, deeper. Through the thin walls, she could clearly hear moans in a squeaky bed from the next room. It added to Tracy's sensuality, but not for Travis. He tried to kiss her. Tracy turned her head to avoid him. What's wrong? he asked, holding her tighter. Nothing, Tracy said. She didn't want to say it, but she hoped that he would get the message. Travis put his hands on her pants zipper. Tracy grabbed his hand to stop him. Come on now, Travis whined. Tracy took a deep breath to force out her suppressed comments. I don't want to do this. What? See now, why are you playing with me? He fumed at her. Tracy got off his lap. I'm going downstairs, she said. She hurried down the steps and saw the same sociable girl sharing a joint with Bob. Travis came down after her. Hey, Tammy, come here for a minute, he said. Tammy wasn't attractive. Tracy thought she'd do it with anyone. Really? Really? Like, really? Travis and Tammy went up the steps. Tracy was left alone with Bob, who immediately began to giggle. Why you keep laughing at me? 
Come here, he said. He stood and looked her straight in the eye. You ain't down with Travis, huh? Tracy shook her head. Uh-uh. Get your coat and stuff, Bob told her, caressing her hand. Tracy wanted to be with him. They left, holding hands and heading for Bob's house. Come downstairs, he said. Tracy took her coat and bag. My mom might be coming home soon, he warned her. Tracy stood inside of his red carpeted basement. Bob walked over to her and pulled her body to his, kissing her. She then felt his hands running down her back as he squeezed her behind. His pants tightened as she felt his masculinity throbbing against her leg. It was all happening too fast and Tracy wanted more. She could feel Bob's vibrations through her jeans. It took him a while to get her zipper down. He then peeled her clothes to her ankles. Tracy felt the basement draft whip around her bare lower body while Bob began to peel his own clothing to his ankles. That was when Tracy saw it approaching her legs. It was difficult for Bob to position himself on top of her because her pants were not completely off, making it hard for him to spread her legs. Bob then tried to force it, with Tracy resisting and pulling back. Bob, take my pants off, she whispered. He sat up and thought about it. Oh no, because my mom's coming home soon. Tracy sighed, disappointed. She leaned up with him. Well, try again like this. Bob tried, but it was no use. He then saw shadows through the basement window. Oh shit, it's my mom and my sister. Tracy pulled her pants up in a hurry. Bob snatched her coat and bag and led her to the back door. She ran out of his house and down the driveway, excited about the suspense. Bob ran back into his basement and turned on Inspector Gadget. Thirteen. His long-haired mother walked down into the basement and looked around. Bob sat and smiled at her, nervously. What's up, Mom? Boy, you think you're so slick. I know you had a girl in here, his mother said, glancing at the back door. She looked at Bob with an evil eye. I keep telling you, boy, these damn girls gonna get pregnant. Now you keep running around here like they won't trap you. Because there's a whole lot of confused little girls out here who are just dying to have some pretty babies. You hear me? The fuck they gonna trap him for? He ain't got shit. He's fucking 13. Why are you talking to him like he's fucking LeBron James? I know, I used his name already today. SS no ass. <laughs> but, like, you're talking to him like he's got a future in sports or something. He's a 13-year-old boy. No. Tell him, use a condom. Also, tell him, nigga, you're 13. Probably. We don't fucking know. Ding dong, ding dong. Jantel, I got something to tell you, Tracy screamed. Jantel opened her door. What? You know some boy named Bob? Tracy asked, throwing her book bag to the floor. He got real curly hair? Yeah, and he hangs out with Travis and them? Jantel got excited. Yep, that boy is cute as I don't know what. All the girls like him. I was just over at his house, Tracy bragged. Ooh, for real? Jantel squealed, happy for Tracy. Yep, and he did it to me, Tracy fibbed. Jantel whispered, how'd it feel? It felt good. Dag, I would love to do it with him. You go with him now? Yep, Tracy lied again. She wanted to go with Bob, though. Jantel sighed. Dag, you lucky girl, how'd you meet him? I was with Travis, but I didn't want to do it with him because he ugly, so I left with Bob. Ooh, you nasty girl. Shut up, you will want something from him too, so don't even try that goody two-shoes roll, Tracy retorted. Yep, if he asked me, Jantel admitted to her. Tracy went home and daydreamed about having kids with and marrying Bob. G ladies, ladies, I'm on Twitter, Ratchet Book Club. Please respond to me. Please let me know. Ladies, guys, you ain't got to respond to shit. Um, 
non-binaries. I don't know. I don't know how that works. Ladies and ladies. Let's put it like that. And and gentlemen uh, who have transitioned. Was there ever a point in time when you dreamed about having children with somebody at the age of 13 and getting married? Is that the move? Is that the mode? Let me know on Twitter, Ratchet Book Club. She hardly knew the boy, but he was so cute that it didn't matter. He was the best looking boy she had had yet. He even dressed nice. Tracy planned to get his phone number and go finish what they had started. She forgot about Travis. She told herself that she only liked him because he was funny. But Bob was someone she could really be with. As far as her virginity, oh well. Everybody has to lose their virginity one day, she figured. And Bob was an excellent choice to lose it to. Tracy wore her best outfit, hoping Bob would come see her after school. She wore a blue leather skirt suit that everyone talked about. It was one of the expensive items that she had received for Christmas. Tracy caught all eyes and nothing but compliments. You look like a knockout today, girl, Jantel told her. Tracy cracked a wide smile. Yeah, I know. I hope he comes up here today. Well, if he don't, he don't know what he's missing. Maybe we can go to the movies tonight, Tracy suggested. It was Friday. Jantel nodded. Yep, you should ask him, Tracy, and I can go with y'all. Tracy shook her head with a grin. Not this time. Jantel sucked her teeth. Oh, you going solo on me now, Tracy? That's right, Tracy piped. A few boys whistled up the hall at her. Tracy ignored them. Jantel said, see, everybody's on you. I know, but when you look like me, they can't help it, Tracy responded with a laugh. Her head was definitely getting big. They went to their classes like any other day, but Tracy got real nervous when the final bell rang. She chewed gum violently to calm her nerves. She then slowly walked to her locker to get the books that she needed for homework. Other girls stared at her jealously. Tracy didn't look around for Bob after school. Her nerves were too shot. In fact, she began to hope that he wouldn't show. Jantel walked alongside her. Hey girl, what's up? A voice called from behind. Tracy turned around and smiled, no longer nervous. I didn't get your phone number yesterday, she said to him. Bob acted as if he didn't hear her. Check you out, he commented. They said you was fly, but damn. He looked inside of Tracy's coat to peep her leather suit. His breath smelled like marijuana, and his clothing was not as classy as it had been the day before. Tracy looked him over. So what you want? She asked snappishly. Oh, I just came to see you. Well? Bob laughed at nothing. Tracy frowned at him. When you gonna come see me again? He asked. Jantel began to walk away, fanning herself. This is too much heat for me, she joked. Hold up, Jantel. I'm coming with you. What'd you say, Bob? Tracy asked him, making him repeat himself. It was happening again. Tracy was quickly losing her interest. When are you gonna come over again? Bob repeated. Tracy waved her hand in front of her mouth. Dad, you've been smoking weed. It didn't seem to bother her before. Bob grinned and said, Yeah, we got on again. Was Travis with y'all? Yeah, he was there. Bob was laughing at everything. But, um, I'm gonna get back with you, alright? I got something to do. I just wanted to see you right quick. Alright then, Tracy told him, glad he was leaving. She watched Bob walk away like a lunatic, bumping all into people with the sun making his dark curly hair shine. He was cute alright, but he was also damaging his looks by taking drugs. Nigga, it's weed. You act like the little kids on opium, or on crack, or heroin. Nigga, it's weed. Okay? Like he's giggly. 
You're making everything else a lot bigger than it needs to be. You sound like Nancy Reagan's uh, crony on that one. It's the weed, nigga. It's a me, marijuana. Don't worry about that shit. His hair looks different and he dressed different and he smells like marijuana. You know what? Smoke stinks. Niggas who smoke stink. I'm going to be real with you. But it's weed. Cut it out. Tracy turned to head home with Jantel. She asked, did you see how on he was? Yeah, I thought you didn't notice, Jantel commented. Tracy thought things over. Dag, I don't know about him now. He was looking like a bum. He's still pretty though, Tracy. No, he ain't all that. His hair was all crazy looking. They laughed as they crossed Wayne Avenue. Jantel asked, are you going to get with him this weekend? I don't know. I got this dance show tonight. I almost forgot about it, and I'm going to that party tomorrow. Carmen's party? Jantel asked. Yeah, you going too? Yeah, girl, Jantel answered excitedly. Everybody's going to be there. But I hate when them older guys come to the party like Mark and Peppy and them. All they do is cause trouble. How old are they? Tracy wanted to know. Like 16 or 17? Why, you like one of them? No. But do you know Victor? Jantel looked at her and shook her head with a scowl. Oh, no, girl. He's the main one, she said. Why you say that? Because he's always fighting somebody. Tracy nodded. Yep, he beat this boy up just Wednesday night. Is he cute? Tracy had heard that he was good looking from several sources, but it didn't hurt to ask again. Yeah, he cute, Jantel answered. She said it as if she hated to admit it. Jantel's demeanor alarmed Tracy. Why you say it like that, she quizzed. Because he uses girls to get what he wants. He ain't no damn good. He got a lot of girls, and they all be falling for his ruthless behind. Tracy could never seem to keep one particular guy on her mind for any long stretch of time. Victor was good looking, older, and popular. He had a way with women and could fight. Tracy wanted to meet him so badly it was killing her. Her attraction to boys was impulsive. Tracy just had to have whomever she wanted right away. Maybe he'll be at Carmen's party tomorrow night, she pondered. And if he did show, Tracy planned on being ready for him. The dance performance was a huge success. All the parents and plenty of guests watched the 16 girls display what they had learned over 10 weeks of dance lessons on a large theater stage on Broad Street. Rahima was happy for the first time in a long time. She was receiving an opportunity to be rewarded for something other than report cards. She danced her heart away, especially for her father. She wanted him to be proud of her. Even Tracy's father, Dave, had made it out for the evening. Are you doing anything tomorrow night? Tracy asked Rahima while gathering her things inside the dressing room. She figured she would try and turn a new leaf with her neighbor. No, I have a lot of work to do, Rahima answered her, still overjoyed about the event. Do you think you can go to a party with me tomorrow? Tracy pressed her. Rahima shook her head, still smiling. I'm not interested in parties. Why not? Rahima sighed, tired of having to explain things to Tracy. You know, I feel Rahima. Like, I have to explain the same thing to, to, to people. And by like the third time, I'm like, you just don't respect me enough to get it. It's not that you're not understanding it. It's not that you're dumb. Anything like that. You just don't respect me enough to get what I'm saying. And I'm tired of saying it. So I'm not. Tracy, I'm just different from you. I don't get all excited about boys and parties and stuff. Well, you was excited about this show, Tracy reminded her. Has nothing to do with boys and parties. Yeah, because I was interested in this. Well, 
I tried, Tracy thought. Okay, then. Tracy got ready to go to the first big-time party of her life. It was a dollar a holler to get in. Cost one dollar to get in, to holler at people. A dollar a holler. <sighs> Boy, old school. Everyone from the neighborhood would be there. Tracy took a shower, washed and blow-dried her hair, put on some new underwear, and snuck some of Patty's perfume. She decided to wear a blue silk shirt with an off-white vest and pants set with her blue suede boots. She clipped on all three of her gold chains and was ready to head to the party, smelling good and looking good. She called Jantel over so she wouldn't have to walk to the party by herself. Plenty of teenagers were out that night, all heading to Carmen's house party. Tracy eyed all the young hoodlums, trying to spot the one that fit Victor's description. Only a few people were dancing when Tracy and Jantella made it inside of the packed basement. It was still early, so most of the teens stood around bobbing to the DJ's beats. Tracy recognized several of the boys whom she had a crush on over the years. Aaron Barnes was there with his friends, Amir with his, and even Steve was there. They all gazed at her, remembering when she was theirs, wishing that they could have another chance. Tracy had never looked as good as she did at Carmen's party. The high school girls were staring at her as well, as if Tracy was too much for her own good. While waiting for Victor and the older guys to strut in, Tracy was shocked to see Travis and Bob walk through the door with their crew. Bob noticed Tracy immediately. He then pulled her by her hand for a dance. Tracy refused him, but Bob wouldn't take no for an answer. He grabbed her hand and pushed her into a corner. Come on now, dance with me. Stop, I don't feel like it, Tracy told him, pulling away. Nah, you gonna dance with me, he persisted, smelling the marijuana again. He dragged Tracy to the dance floor. She gave in, but she no longer cared how cute Bob was. He was a drug addict. She continued to watch the stairs for Victor over Bob's shoulders. Peppy shouted down the steps as he crashed the party with eight other guys. Yo, the boys are in the house. Tracy said, hold up, Bob. I'll be right back. She hastily jerked Jantel's hand through the packs of teenagers. Which one is Victor? She asked in Jantel's ear. Jantel looked through the crowd to spot Victor. He's not over there, she said, still squinting in the direction of the rowdy party crashers. Tracy was pressed. Are you sure? Yeah, I can spot him easily. Victor always stands out. He's not over there with them. Across the room, a sleepy-eyed boy asked Peppy, Yo, where Vic at, man? Peppy smiled. He with that fly-ass girl we met downtown in the gallery. Oh, for real? He's always with some girl, ain't he? Hey, man, some of us got it like that. 916-633-1537. Ratchet and Ratchet at gmail.com. Ratchet Book Club on Twitter. Ratchet Book Club on Facebook. You can leave a review on Spotify. It takes like 13 seconds. You can also leave a review on uh, Podchaser. Copy and paste that in the Apple Podcasts, and then copy and paste that into the Good Pods app. You can donate to the show at patreon.com slash single simulcast. One dollar will get you a ton of content. Uh, you can also donate to the show at buymeacoffee.com slash sscast, or on the Good Pods app. You can leave a tip in the tip jar. Thank you so much for listening. I greatly appreciate it. Y'all be good. I'm going to holler at you later. Peace.
intro and outro to Ratchet Book Club is by That Kid Garan, and it's called Goodbyes. You can email him at tkgbeats94 at gmail.com for more information on how to lease this beat. This is Single Simulcast. Don't know by now that you slipped.